Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show, Cheltenham Festival Day 1 preview brought to you by Unibet. I'm your host, George Ellick, and I'm delighted to be joined by our panel of guests as we look ahead to next week's Tuesday at the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, Danny Archer, Ed Quigley and Andy Holding join me here today. And Andy, you are, you know, you're being, you're one of those horses being flogged at the moment. Uh, Cheltenham, Cheltenham, uh, Cheltenham previews pretty much every hour of every day. And a big one this evening as well with Unibet uh, tonight at 7.30 live on YouTube as well as Unibet Racing Twitter and Unibet Racing Facebook. It's free to wear. It is yourself, Nicky Henderson, Nico de Boinville and Jane Mangan. Looking forward to that? Yeah, I'm sick of my own voice. I don't know anybody else. <laughs> I'm being absolutely brutally honest. Um, but no, I'm, obviously I've got to come up with different variations in, in certain previews to make it sound interesting for the listener. Perhaps something I mention in one, I might mention another. Um, tipping pretty much the same horses, of course. Little caveat here, there, and every, everywhere, because you know um, a lot of these horses we're going to be mentioning now, um, we're, we're doing it on the basis that he's going to be a certain type of ground. So we'd, we'd probably have a, um, a second selection just in case it changes the other way. But by and large, most of the horses we're going to be mentioning now, we've had on our mind for a, a certain period of time. So um, yeah, a lot, a lot of it is, is pretty much as, as it'll be now. Make sure you tune in for that. As I say, 7.30 tonight, Wednesday, the 8th of March, live on uh, Unibet's Racing Twitter, Racing uh, Facebook as well, and also on YouTube. Uh, Andy, Nicky Henderson, Nico de Boinville, and Jane Mang, and even if you're bored of what Andy's got to say, surely Nico and Nicky will have something exactly. to add to exactly. it. Exactly. Um, Ed, <laughs> <you're>, mute me. <laughs> Ed, you're our man on the ground. Um, you, well, not right now, but you live, uh, what are you saying, three and a half minutes drive from uh, from Presbury Park? Yeah, I said there is an asterisk for that, though, because I did get a red light at the South and right. Junction last time I timed it, so I'm going to go sub three minutes on a clear run. And, and you said it's a 35-minute <laughs> walk and a 33-minute run. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, about 38-minute run last time I tried, yeah. <laughs> Didn't end well, but yeah. yeah not far it is away when he's carrying all his winnings yeah. back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The two satchels. Yeah, not far away. That would be yeah, the way of describing it. It feels like this year... More than most, there's a, a big question mark when it comes to, to the ground. We've got snow today. The temperature's certainly warming up, but rain forecast as well. Uh, what are you predicting? Yeah, I mean, it's total guesswork, isn't it? Uh, in the sense that uh, we heard it, the, the handicap weights at Cheltenham. Um, uh, Paul John Pullin almost put the uh, the mockers up, didn't he, when he said, well, there's no rain on the, uh, the radar pretty much until the end of the festival. Um, and since then, uh, look, to be, you know, to be blunt, there's about five or six different weather forecasts, all the varying degrees. One thing we are getting is rain. Uh, the Saturday, Sunday, the Monday for the, the champion hurdle day. The question is how much? I said I've looked at one weather forecast suggesting 13, 14 millimetres, which over the course of three days wouldn't be a big deal. Uh, other forecasts suggesting up to 40, uh, which then you are looking at genuine soft ground, maybe even a little bit worse for champion hurdle day. So, so if it wasn't hard enough already, um, <laughs> to keep myself on the fence and give myself a get-out clause and every tip that gets tailed off. Uh, I don't know what the ground's going to be. But uh, look, uh, those of you, uh, you know, the, the preview night circuit's been said, oh, we're going to get our spring ground and I'll wait mm -hmm. for the good ground. And looking more unlikely as things pass, I'd imagine if I was going to hedge a bet, we'd be a blend of soft and good to soft or on the slower side of that. So working towards that, probably not enough for your mudlarks mm -hmm. at this stage. And those horses that genuinely want uh, top of the ground may be, may be alarmed. But again, uh, weather can change and we'll have to adapt with it. 
Danny, how do you how do you view this? Because we we are we are asking all three of you to basically come up with a tip in every single race of the week, but in doing so, we don't know what the conditions are going to be like. So, how much does that caveat the uh, the selection? Well, it's ruined my essay, really. George. <laughs> I've written you know six thousand word essay. I was going on the fact that you know good maybe good to soft. I mean, the likes will come to it, but there's a couple of horses on the first like Chemical Energy who are desperate for good, good to soft, and that would completely change the complex of the race for me. So yeah, it is a tricky one, weather watch-wise, and um, I think that's why you kind of need to have a reserve fancy anyway, mm. because look at, you know, last year, I mean, mm. it was all over Shishkin. On the Wednesday, okay, there came other things that came to light, but I'm not saying that, you know, he also had injury problems as well, but the ground completely transformed that race, and Ergamin was the only one who really glided for it. The other five or six all, all struggled. So it can all change on the, on the flip of a coin, can't it, really? There we go. Good preview. It's all going to change. <laughs> See you next See you time. later, yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to go through uh, day one uh, in chronological order. If, um, you know, if you if you enjoyed this video, make sure you check out day two, day three, and day four, which we'll be recording after this. And there is a, a Unibet sign-up offer for new customers as well. Uh, deposit 10 and get money back up to £40 if your first racing bet loses, plus a £10 casino bonus as well. Terms and conditions do apply. You can find the link in the description below for new Unibet customers. So click on that, sign up, get your offer, Watch the preview tonight, back all these tips we're going to get from the guys, but remember, ground dependent too. Um, but we're going to kick off, of course, as we do every year with the Supreme Novices Hurdle, a really interesting market, this one now. Unibet have Vassal Vega, the 9-4 to favourite, drifted out, of course, to about 7-2 after that disappointing run last time out, back in to 9-4. to um, Marine Nacional is 7-2 to in Pere Pass. Six to one, Ilete Tomp, six to one as well. Uh, Lashia, who we expect to be taken out at some point between now and Tuesday, eight to one. Same with Gaelic Warrior, eight to one, uh, and a few others in there as well. But, you know, Andy, we're going we're to kick off with you here. And one of your strongest fancies on day one, maybe your strongest fancy in day one, uh, is Ilete Tomp each way at six to one. Yeah, I, I, he's the strongest fancy based on the, thing, the fact I think he'll be in the first three or four. I presume most firms or some firms will be betting four places on the day depending on, of course, how many runners there are, that is, mm. um, and how generous they want to be. Um, but yeah, regardless of all the other runners in the race and the noise surrounding the likes of Marine National, and particularly Fasal Vega, I'd, I'd be, I'd be dis disappointed if Ilete Tom, if he ran his race and ran to a similar level uh, that um, allowed him to win the um, Irish, uh, that Irish novices hurdle, um, wasn't good enough to be there or thereabouts. I think he sets the standard. He certainly sets the standard on our time figures we keep. By quite some way, that race um, at the Dublin Racing Festival was the best on, on the clock so far this season. Much better than any of Fasal Vega's previous. Yeah, bizarrely. Even when he beat LFI Tomp the time before Fasal yeah. Vega, um, that wasn't um, a time that would create massive shockwaves. It was on par with quite a few of the, of the, of the, of the others, like Marine National, but the standout one was Eletto Tom. It was a bit of a freakish race, wasn't it? Well, I think we all know the, the, the details by now without going over old stony ground, but, mm -hmm. you know, Fasal Vega did get taken on for the lead. They went off too fast. Looking at the sectionals compared to State Man, they were like 25 lengths clear of a grade one older horse race on the same card half an hour later. So they were clear, there was clearly something wrong with that pace there. They'd, they'd um, ill-judged it. Um, whereas Paul Townend got the fractions just right on statement um, later on on the card. So for novices, they were going a stride or two too quick. And obviously, Pascal Vega paid for it. Now, <coughs> I think we've all been in this game long enough to 
forgive a horse one bad race. I mean, everyone's forgiving Man United for getting beat 7 0. Oh, it's a blip. You know, they were, what about, how long it takes to Well, what about all the 25 yeah. other games that they play well this season? Yeah. You can't just say Man United have gone after one yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if they get beat again next week and they, they play badly again the week out, then you've got a better sample size. But when you've only got a sample size of one, you should really be a little bit more forgiving. Shiskin, for instance, everyone said he'd gone at the game and all of a sudden everyone thinks, you know, he's. You know, he's the second coming again all of a sudden. So, we've, you know, we're very binary in this sort of game, aren't we? It's either one or another. There's no middle ground. Um, the, the negative I will have on that, on that score with Faso Vega is, by and large, the winner of the Supreme Novices comes off the back of a win last time out. 15 of the last 17 winners have all won last time out. You get the odd exception to the rule, the bake yeah, for the interest. Bake, yeah. He was six, wasn't he, a few years back. But that's the that's the, a slight damning statistic against Vassal Vega. Plus, you add into the fact champion bumpers don't have a really good record. Champagne Fee was the last one to win it uh, in 2013. So there are one or two negatives as well. So I'm kind of like on the fence a little bit with Vassal Vega. If he won, would I be shocked? Absolutely not. Would I trust myself to back him at the price when there's other each way value alternatives? No. And that's why I fancy Aleto Tom because I think he's been overlooked at six to one. He did one or two things wrong in that race in the Dublin mm. Racing Festival, yet still stayed on very, very strongly, whereas Vassal Vega faded quite badly. Uh, I don't understand why he's that price, I must admit. Um, you know, he, he, he handles any ground, he jumps well enough. Mm. I, I take on board, he can be a little bit scruffy here, there and everywhere. Um, I don't know who's going to ride him yet, but they're in for a good spin-off of him anyway. So... Cut long story short, I think Alete Tom at six to one is very, very strong each way. Um, alternative to the favourite. Would you? Yeah. So six to one. Would you? Would you wait for the day to try and get extra places? I, I think so. Yeah. Okay. There's no. I, even I, I don't mind taking five to one, four or five places rather yeah. than six to one, three yeah, yeah, places it stands. And I think a lot of races like that have got that feel to it. There's going to be some races where it's a good thing to take the price now. Like yeah. for instance, the Arc or the Turners races where there might be six or seven runners. Uh, or in forerunners in your case last year with <laughs> yep. um, Bustleton. Bustleton. Yeah, 101 each way. Um, so you've got to box clever and, and, and play the right races accordingly. But I do think the Supreme, obviously, the first race of the day, most films will be pushing their neck out and you'll get a reasonably good price about Ilete Tomp. Six to one there with Unibet for Ilete Tomp. Uh, the selection for Andy in the Supreme. Got a very good record in the Supreme as well, as with all the novice idols. So do take note. Um, Danny, where do you stand on the, the Fasal Vega price and, and who's your selection for the opener i'm not sure if the guys are, are love island fans but the one that comes to mind here is the you've the been on Chris, it haven't you? oh i wish it's <laughs> the Chris Hughes meme where he's yeah. lying in bed and genuinely this is a race where i'm lying in bed and i'm flip-flopping between Fasal vega marine nationale right yeah, I, I thought you're gonna say you're gonna rap for us <laughs> well if you want me to um i can lift the moon a little bit <laughs> Very um the Fasal Vega, I think the problem with Fasal Vega, they've been getting the tactics wrong this year. I mean, they think he's such a machine that they've been riding him from the front. And particularly last time out at Leopardstown, okay, he was taken on for the first time. But even against Alete Tom, when he got the better of that rival at Leopardstown uh, over Christmas, I think he needs to be ridden a bit more cold. If you look at the champion bumper, they held him up more and that kind of suited him. I, I just don't think the tactics is something I've been crazy about this year. So I'm sure they'll change that um, at the festival and the vibes are very strong. Marine National, listen, the guys have done, been on plenty of panels. I, I think Barry Connell is a bit too bullish. Some of the quotes that I've been seeing, you know, he, he can't see this horse being beat. He thinks it's going to improve a ton. One well in the Royal Bond and did impress me, but uh, the form's been let down a little bit, I think, with that last time. Our Irish point has not really gone on mm. um, compared to some of the other forms. So I'd probably be 
leaning with Andy, I think, with Ilite Tomp. I mean, I was a big Ilite Tomp fan last year. Was I catching the Dublin Racing Festival? And I thought actually ran not bad behind Vauban in a triumph. And uh, it was always the plan to kind of keep that novice status. And they've made use of it this year at bigger prices. Diverge was one that Willie Mullins talked up when the stable tours, when yeah. uh, all the Brits went over in February. And Chasing Fire's done nothing wrong for Ollie Murphy, but I can't really have a British train winner of this, sadly. <laughs> so um, I'd probably be with Ilite Tomp at the prices. I just think I'm a bit like Andy. If Fasol Vega hosed in, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be bothered either way. I, but just at, at, at the prices currently, I think that makes most appeal. Yeah, Diverge 14 to 1 uh, with Unibet. Um, the, uh, the, the, the kind of outsider selection there, maybe from, uh, from Danny. Uh, yeah, Ed, where, where do you stand? Ed? Well, when you strip it all back, uh, you've been asked to back a horse who's more or less pulled up last time out nine to four to win a Grade One. No, no, I mean you are, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. That's the fact. Yeah. Like, um, but you've also got form lines that thread in with basically the whole field of, yeah. of like a higher class as well. It's not. Yeah, but, but what I kind of get in the view of, perhaps we're worrying too much about what has been achieved in this year rather than what could be achieved. Yeah, yeah. I've, I think you can almost tie yourself in knots with the form lines here. There's lots of it ties in. Lots of it doesn't make sense. And I, I get a feeling this could be more of a Labake, Eberzion type year than we're going to have a, an Altiel, Constitution, Hill mm. type year. Look, Fasal Vega could come roaring back. I mean, admittedly, his bumper form isn't exactly sparkling. Everyone keeps harping back to the, the bumper win. You know, uh, I mean, American Mike <laughs> couldn't even get qualified for the, the Martin Pike last week, you know. So, um, I, I, look, to be honest with you, nine to four, if it goes and wins, good luck to you, uh, yeah. Fasal Vega. Uh, um, as I said, I think there's there's holes in all of them for one reason or another, which makes it quite exciting and wide open. Funnily enough, um, in your essay there, you've uh, you've mentioned the, the, the two are backed each way at decent prices. Uh, Diverge, who just absolutely romped home, son of Frankel, 123 lengths hard held uh, in a punch-down maiden. Again, could could end up being rated 135, could be a 155 rated horse, we don't know. But I keep saying it's that type of race to me. I think it's something's going to spring from those at the bigger prices. And so I've backed him and I have backed uh, Ollie Murphy's Chasing Fire. I think he's a horse of a lot of raw ability, a lot of tools under the bonnet. I guess he drifted right-handed a little bit at Sandown last time out. But when Aidan asked him to go and quicken up, he quickened up in a matter of strides. And I wonder if there's a bit of the, the Thomas Darby's part two about him, of course, uh, similar type of horse who, who placed in this race four years ago for the yard. So uh, essentially, I'm against Fasal Vega at the prices. Nine to four, I think it's too short. And I'm uh, Diverge and um, Chasing Fire Small each way plays in what I think is a wide open race. I think it's one of those races where you can run it six times after yeah. and get six different winners. So no um, strong views, but in respect to electric <laughs> Sounds like Danny Mullins will be on board and... Canny Danny could ride them all to sleep again. So, yeah, the tactics will be interesting. Do they anchor uh, Fasal Vega out the back with the ambulance? Or, you know, how does that turn out? But either way, I just think 9-4 to four for a horse who's tailed off last time. Just you look at that. In fact, that seems uh, remarkably short. You know, you're taking a lot on trust. It's going to be interesting to see what price Fasal Vega goes off. You think could conceivably be anywhere between kind of 6-4 to four and 4-1. to one. Yeah, exactly. It is, um, <clears throat> if anything, I actually think, as I say, 9-4, to four, bad price. I could see Fasal Vega going off sub. Yeah, two yeah. to one to be honest with you but just not for me uh, strictly as I say on the last time out to run yes it was too bad to be true and they backfitted a story of lameness and etc etc and the clock backs up that the race didn't work out well but um, yeah I'm taking on the fav and I'm too small each way pokes against him Long shot Ted going for Diverge at 14 to one and Chasing Fire is 16 to one with Unibet as well uh, on then to the second race on day one it is of course the Arkle um, and we've got 
Yeah, a match at the top with a, a lively one sitting in behind. Al Fabiolo is a six to four favourite with John Bon at thirteen to eight, but Dysart Dynamo also in there at nine to two. Uh, Saint Roy uh, is ten to one alongside Bambridge and appreciate it fourteen to one to Gerhard, and sixteen to one bar those. Um, Danny, your your strongest bet on day one comes here. And you are taking John Bon in the match. I'm keeping it on brand, Unibet ambassadors. Yeah, <laughs> yes. no, um, I was at a at Racing Weekly at the on Monday night, the mm -hmm. live show, um, and Sam Turner was saying that um, he thought John Bon worked like a drain, or he'd heard that John Bon had worked like a drain, were the exact words uh, he used in between those lovely pies that we were supplied <laughs> with. I was there. And I, didn't, I, I, I don't know much about that sort of thing, but the look of Nicky Henderson and AP McCoy, they both were pretty disappointed. My main concern with John Bond was he got incredibly warm and it was freezing cold. There was an antiques fair on and that was the only thing keeping a lot of people warm at Kempton that day. So he was a bit fizzy Very good fair, that, and it? lively, apparently. Good apparently that's what they say. Um, so he was a bit fizzy and lively, but I think he might have badly needed that. And I think he was, you know, they're saying he was only half-baked at Wincanton, uh, Warwick, sorry, whether you believe that or not. I think he'll still improve a ton for that. Only uh, how much separates them a neck uh, on their run at Aintree last year. But obviously he had been, you know, three weeks before slammed by Constitution Hill. El Fabiolo came into that a bit fitter. And many people will say, you know, the, the big argument has been John Bond's a better jumper than El Fabiolo. El Fabiolo probably won the warmest race in terms of the form uh, when winning that Irish Arkle last time out. But for me, I think John Bond, in terms of his Dyset Dynamo, goes off at a right clip. It might play into his hands. And who knows, that Irish Arkle might have left the mark on El Fabiolo. It might not have done. But I just think at the prices, this has been John Bond's uh, target all year. And I'm, I'm happy to side with him. John Bond 13 to 8. Uh, that's best price anywhere with Unibet uh, for John Bond for the Arkle. Uh, Ed, where do you stand on this one? Yeah, pretty lukewarm, to be honest with you. I think we're going to get six runners um, going through it. Um, so you could be after your, uh, I see Straw fan Jack is the one doing the preview night circuit. He's the hipster's choice. 66 to uh, one. To, to kind of, yeah, if St. Roy does defect to the uh, the Grand Annual, we could end up for a five-runner race. And then, yeah, but either way, we're looking at a small field. Again, Dice at Dynamo is going to go off like the clappers. Uh, just on Danny's point regarding John Bond, I interviewed Aidan Coleman recently. He says the one thing he's getting sick to death of hearing is how sweaty and how hot John Bond gets. He says <laughs> that is him. He says he would be massively concerned if John Bond was not like that. Um, before his Haydock Novice Hurdle win last year, he was not sweating and he didn't quite seem at it. And it was arguably his most less least convincing hurdling performance to date. He says you want to see him fizzy. He came into the pre-parade last year, last with the, the earplugs in. You want to see him getting on edge. That is his characteristic. It doesn't detract from his ability to perform. So just something to bear in mind. If you're there, 70,000 people after a couple of diet lemonades and John Bond is getting worked up in the parade ring, I'm, you know, usually the old, uh, the, the old morning line negative, you know, paddock yeah. watch, that would be a big one. I wouldn't be too concerned if he does. Oh, in terms of the winner, Al Fabiolo, the best chase form to date. I mean, that was a scintillating performance to blow that field apart in the Irish Arkle. But Nicky Henderson jokes in his, uh, in his uh, stable bulletin back in August, said there's four days that matter in the year and they're not birthdays, wedding anniversaries or Christmas. <laughs> Um, they're in the middle of March and John Bond is peaking for here. I think Al Fabiolo had to be at his peak to win what was uh, one of the hottest Irish articles in many a year. Uh, and it's a case of does John Bond catch up with Al Fabiolo in terms of peak performance for this? I, I find it hard to split them. I keep chopping and changing each day. And it's going to end up a small field. I think Dice at Dynamo will try and pinch it from the front. Probably Danny Mullins on board again. And um, tactics are going to be really interesting. So I'm, I'm happy to sit this one out for now. Uh, I mean, look, my view could change depending on prices on the day. 
if, if, if you know, John Bonner, Al Fabiolo, there becomes a huge discrepancy between them, I'll probably pull the trigger. But uh, I'll leave this man here with his, uh, <laughs> his sweaty confidence on John Bon to, uh, to fly the flag for, uh, for the home team here. In fairness, if I was someone who often you know, got really hot and sweated a lot. I'd find it quite annoying. People spoke about it the whole time. So I can understand why Aidan Coleman is, is getting frustrated with the, the coverage that John Bond's getting. He did um, look really well. Apart from that, he looked so that's fit. More like he it. looked that's like an, it. he looked yeah. unbelievable. Apart from the sweat, but condition-wise, I'm no paddock expert, but he looked <laughs> cherry ripe. Wow. So yeah. uh, that was the thing that I took out of it, really. Nice. He looked lean and mean, I said. <laughs> right. How do you follow that, Andy? It sounds like John Bond needs some deodorant. <laughs> 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 some talc or something like that goodness me all that sweat yeah um, yeah I'm going to fly the flag for El Fabiola here um, just got to stay loyal to the time figures really the time mm. figures that we keep and have been doing now for a decade or even longer than that um, they, they're usually pretty reliable in these grade ones they very rarely let you down and the time figure that El Fabiola achieved in the Irish article just stands out uh, and I think that's one of the differences between Irish and UK racing now, you'd never get a situation where you had mm. over in Ireland the DRF when you've got eight absolute worldies running against each mm. other. I mean, Visionarian was the outside of the field, 66 to 1, and he's a top class horse. But, but is that why sometimes with the time figures, you know, John Bond hasn't had a sterner test as how Fabiolo's had and therefore hasn't yeah. been able to run that? Oh, yeah, I totally take on board that John Bond could easily run to the level yeah, that yeah. Al Fabiola, but I, I like to go on something that's already done it rather than yeah. guess. And there's several other of those instances <laughs> later on in the week which we'll talk about. I want something that's proven at championship level, not, oh, we might do this, he might yeah. do that. We don't know. And if you're looking at six to four each or two, I want to do the one, I want to be back in the one that's already done it. That's the proven formula that I've relied on for so long. Um, but I mean, it's such a deep race, isn't it? The mm. fact that, you know, appreciate it. Banbridge, you know, genuine grade one horses, Dysart, Dynamite. St. Roy and Phil Dord fought out the finish of a previous grade mm. one at the, um, the, at the Christmas meeting. We're 20 lengths behind yeah. going down the back. That's the kind of pace that they were going on. Now, it's fully taken board that El Fabiola was a bit scruffy at one or two of his fences. Um, but I don't think they'll go as, as quick in this because you haven't got so much emphasis on pace pressure on the front. I, I think that was a bit of a lights-out race, whereas there is only going to be five, five or six runners here. Yes, Dysart Dynamo will make the running, but I, I don't quite see it being absolutely like you know that wild. Mm. Um but either way, I think El Fabiola will just have too much stamina. That's the way I see it. You could take a, you know, a varied view of that Warwick race with John Bond. Obviously, he got dive-bombed by Calico at a certain point, and for a moment, he looked as, as though he was in trouble. And then, obviously, he showed his class and came back. But he did jump out to the right in his last two fences, and ultimately, scrambling home against a 135 horse. Then you look at his work afterwards. Mm. I'm, I'm not totally convinced. You know, he got well duffed up in last year's Supreme off the back of a strong gallop. Uh, and, and the, you know, they're going to go reasonably quick here. So I'm all over our Fabiolo. I think if he, if, he, if he just gets away with at least one error, which I think he probably will, I think he'll hit, hit at least one, then um, that, that won't be enough to stop him. Uh, Fabiolo six to four. I'll leave it to the viewer to decide who's made the better case uh, between the two at the top end of the market there, between Danny and Andy. Uh, moving on to the ultimate now, and uh, this is one of the races where Unibet are paying extra places. Uh, the ultimate and the Boodles on day one, uh, both paying extra places. So a fifth of five currently here for this one. And we have got uh, Corrupt Rambler is the 7-1 joint favourite with Nassalam. Um, oh no, Into Overdrive is a 6-1 favourite, I should say, with Corrupt Rambler and Nassalam both 7-1. Um, fast or slow, uh, coming for support in recent days, 10-1 to 1 
with Oscar Elite, uh, 300 through five, uh, the Goffer as well, uh, Stumptown, a bit shorter than that, nine to one, 12 to one, Happy Go Lucky, Mombeg Genius, and Iron Bridge. Um, your turn to go first here, Ed. What you got for us in the Ultima? Well, I've got a short list of four. Great. All depending on ground, okay. essentially. Uh, the two want the Costa del Gloucester. Um, would be Lord Accord, I would be extremely keen on if the rains miss or is no worse than good to soft. Hacked up at the uh, Cheltenham's October meeting. Canter round. Not too dissimilar prep and profile to what's called the Druid's Nephew. Won this mm. for the yard uh, going back a few years ago. Uh, unexposed. I think could have a lot more to offer. And of course, uh, Chase Tone Frodon in the uh, in the Wing Canson race earlier in the season. That looks pretty good form. Uh, same with three under through five. I thought it looked an absolute non-stayer in the uh, the classic chase at Warwick. Uh, jumped and travelled beautifully on the front end till about the three mile marker. Then the old petrol gauge came on over that three three mile five assignment and, and weakened out of it on on tacky ground. Uh, on a spring surface, he's got some good form on the old course at Cheltenham over three miles. Uh, I think he'd be a player. So they're my two for, for a sound surface. Uh, and then if the, the weather, really, we do get the upper end of the weather forecast, I have no idea if they're going to run or even on the boat or even arriving at the race course. But Iron Bridge, is, uh, he's screaming at me off 137 here. He would want some proper soft ground. Um, we saw that when he won at Carlisle earlier in the season, beating a good horse of Ben Paulings. Uh, he's stamina, he's soft ground. You know, they've already kind of earmarked next year's Welsh, next season's Welsh National as a kind of target. Um, John Joe O'Neill team, good record in this one, you know, likes a holy well, Alfie Sherrin, uh, a few others have placed over the years as well. If he lined up here on soft ground, he would be one of my strongest bets of day one. But again, if, 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 if. So it's a, it's, it's a, a waiting game with that. When he's entered in the Kim Muir, he's entered in the National Hunt Chase, he may miss the, uh, the festival altogether. And the final one on the shortlist is a, a horse here. Uh, Willie Mullins is naught from 30 in handicap chases at Chantler Festival since he took out his training licence. By and large, he never lays a horse out for a handicap. Sounds like about Tiny Wins one, isn't it? Is that, well, Kilcrut has been given 149. He's only got a £1 surcharge from the, uh, the British handicapper uh, from his Irish mark. He seems dangerously well treated off 149 and a lot of people have been crabbing him and reasonably so on some of his evidence this year. But you actually look back at it in the cold light of day his form's not all that bad. I mean, beating six lengths by Jerry Colon uh, could turn out to be very smart form in the yeah. context of running off 149 in a handicap. And there is a lot of upside to him in the sense he is unexposed over fences and he's yet to go over three miles. Uh, something which, if you go back to his early novice hurdle days, uh, William Mullins always thought he was now but Bartlett horse until they, um, from when they got him as an early day. So look, he may run, he may not. He's entered in the plate. He's entered in two great ones. Who knows? So it pretty much is a waiting game. We get good ground. I mean, I have battled order called anti-post. I may have done my money on, on the ground. Um, three under through five, one on the short list. The, the Mudlark is Ironbridge. And Kilcrut, I think, has the potential to be the best handicapped horse in the field off 149. So unfortunately, I'm not going to lie to you, it's, I do think it is a waiting game. And you could be just throwing your money away like confetti in the wind without knowing all the pieces of the jigsaw for this handicap yet. Kilcrit, 20 to 1. Uh, oh, if he'd lined up in that, that would be, <clears throat> be huge. And be yeah, and of course, none on no bet as well, um, as it stands uh, currently. Ironbridge, 12 to 1. Uh, 300 through 5, 10 to 1. Um, and Lord Accord currently uh, 14 to 1. Ed's four there against the field in the Ultima. Uh, Andy, where do you sit with this one? Um, I'm not saying this race is a bit of a rogues gallery, but it's not a coincidence <laughs> that nine of the last 11 winners of this have all headgear. Uh, and, and a lot of them wear headgear for the first time as well, so look out for that. Mm. I think um, it often sparks into life certain horses who've slipped down the weights and, and um, need a little bit of assistance. Um, 
the ice don't win it or they don't want it since 2006 so you can probably cross off most of the top end of the market which would annoy me really with fast or slow i'll be i'll be a little bit annoyed if they come here because he's been one of my long-term fancies for the plate mm. i thought he'd been laid out for that I haven't run well in last year's coral cup and run over two miles twice this season at grade one company the money's piled in for him in in, in this race the the, the ultima but I, I don't know whether he's he's guaranteed to get three miles so that that would be a little bit of a um, an annoyance. Um, I've just got a short list of two. Um, Very short list. Yeah, I've, I've whittled it down to. Um, not even a list, is no. it? Really? Not really. <laughs> no, no. I, I could throw in um, uh, into overdrive, but he doesn't qualify for not running at Cheltenham. Most of the winners of this race have either run at Cheltenham that season or run at a previous festival, and I, I think he's probably got one of the best form lines. I think that Roland Merrick this year was a really good race. He beat mm. Sands Russian, who we'll get into a little bit later in the Gold Cup. Um, he represents that for, that form line, and he's a very nice horse into Aberdrive. I think we're going to, theme, to see big things of him. But it boils down to Carrot Rambler and um, um, what was the other one I like? Uh, Beauport. Mm. Um, Carrot Rambler's got to be on anyone's shortlist. I mean, it was one of those horrible full starts last year, which I absolutely hate. Yeah. They come jogging in nice, and you're all going right. Let them go. Let them go, and they stop. And you think, oh no. Um, the tapes flash back and he, he, he propped and he found himself in last jump in the first. So to win from where he was, incredible. To win from where he was coming down the hill was still incredible. So he's, he's got a serious turn of foot and a great engine. Um, he ran well in the uh, Lamelas race at Newbury. can't remember the name of it now. He's got that many changed names. Um, which was an encouraging run. He's obviously been saved since and he, and he goes well fresher. You know, he's, he's got to be on everyone's mind. And, and I do like Beauport. Um, he beat... Quiet Rambler early in the season. That race has worked out well. I think the third horse has won again since. Uh, he ran okay behind uh, the wheel whacker in the dipper, but to my mind, that trip was way too short for him. He just got outpaced and then ran on quite nicely up the hill. He hasn't run since again. Another one's been saved for the race. Uh, and he looks to be crying out for three miles. The only time he ran over three miles last year was at Aintree in that three-miler mm. uh, over hurdles, and he ran well that again. He finished fourth about 25. It, think of it, Williams has won it. So he's very much unexposed. He's a second-season novice. Or he might even be a first-season novice, actually. Novice is yeah, generally yeah. a very good record. Novice is, yeah, in general, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Corrick Rambler's the, the staple, one for the staple diet. Um, and Beauport is very much one that I'd be very interested in if he runs. Beauport, 14-1 to 1, uh, with the Unibet. 7-1, to 1, Corrick Rambler, uh, second favourite. Uh, Danny, that's six on the long list. <laughs> How many more are you adding? Just one, because I'm with Beauport as well. Okay. Um, but I, British trained horses, as Andy said, have won the last 16 runnings. So the Presbury Cup, we're probably not going to win it this year. Uh, but we might get on the score sheet here with think, at least one. Think, though, with like with runs like that, like in my mind, that's like well, like an Irish trained horse is going to win this at some point. <laughs> I hope not. Like this it's year. one of those trends that surely just has to come to an end. Rather. So you like that when you go down the casino? If it keeps going, <coughs> you've got black. Right, I'm going to I'm keep the going black, yeah, black, it, black, if it, black. If it's been 15 blacks in a row, I'd be, I'd be backing red, wouldn't you? Like. That's just like probability, you know. Yeah, but you've already done. You've done your. Unless, unless, times, unless there's, <laughs> unless there's, you've a, got no chips left. Unless there's like a tangible reason you know. for a trend, I always think you know you want to reverse the trend. Anyway, we digress. We can talk about this at lunch. Yeah, Danny. Uh, well, three horses have won this race twice, and Tom Poor Two is the last one to do it. And Quite yeah. Ramby's only off a six-pound higher mark, so definitely feared. I've gone. Uh, I'm a bit of a Gary Moore fanboy. I'm with Nassau oh, here. Mm. Um, 
just because he's produced career best, I think, at Cheltenham this year. Once three miles, didn't he? I think so, in yeah. the Paddy Power and then um, on the New Year's Day handicap. Both of them have worked out well. I thought he benefited from first-time cheek pieces last time out, and particularly last time he was doing all his best work up the hill. Um, and I thought he stayed on to really good effects. So first I have a three miles him. And Beauport, I've loved Beauport since over hurdles. I think he's crying out for this trip. He made a couple of mistakes in the dipper as well. I think he just got taken off his legs a little bit there. So stepping up uh, here, he would be for me. Fast or slow, I'm desperate for him to go for the plate. I'm all over him for the plate. Martin Brassel, mm. he's got this one ready. Cherry Ripe was um, a winner in France. Uh, as a three-year-old, so they had to go into grade one company instead of having a novice campaign. But I'm hoping, the, the problem is the money has come for him here, so I hope they don't go here. If he goes here, I don't give him as much a chance as I do in the plate. Interesting stuff. Yeah, Nassalam, seven to one, um, joint second favourite with Kite Rambler, uh, behind into overdrive and fast or slow, as you mentioned, 10 to one for this one. We'll get on to him in the plate in a later preview uh, and Beauport supported there as well. So um, get the Dutch and cal calculator out. Hopefully we can turn those seven horses into an even money shot and then go from there. Um, on to the champion hurdle now. And Constitution Hill is the one to three favorite uh, for Nicky Henderson. Uh, State Man is 11 to four. Vauban 10 to one. Honeysuckle, who we do not expect will be turning up here is 14 to one to defend her crown. Uh, I like to move it 14 to one. Epitome 20 to one, again, unlikely to turn up. Echoes and Rain 25s, Love Envoy 33s, uh, 40 to 1 Bardos. I mean, I'll put it to the floor. Anyone want to make a case for laying, laying Constitution Hill at three on? Getting, getting with something else? No, Constitution Hill beats State Man. Of course, it's my anti post pick on this show at 12 to 1. I've, yep. I've got a whole book of great value losers, George. <laughs> this is just one of them. I thought I'd just get that, that, get that one in there. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's going to be six runners. Uh, I'm buying or selling it at six. Um, the kind of hipster view on the preview night is State Man. In trying to win the race will blow up and fall out the back of the television and Vauban will run past him and mop up second. Uh, don't prescribe to that view. I think Constitution Hill beats State Man and, and that's that. And it should be an excellent race. And what I would say is I do think State Man will get Constitution Hill off the bridle for the first. So you will ask a question of him to go through the gears, mm. but I think he will go through the gears and I think he will win it pretty convincingly in the end. But uh, I see no kind of lurkers. I've looked at the sub markets. I can't see any angle in there. I think it's just a race to sit back and enjoy. I'll do my 12 to 1 voucher from last April. But um, yeah, Constitution Hill to beat State Man, I think it's obvious and I don't see any any kind of angle in against it personally. And it's been a hell of a journey since you and I sat down uh, and heard Barry Garrity tell us about this special thing called Constitution Hill <laughs> yeah. for his first run. I mean, if he does go and wins this and wins this in the star we've seen previously, there will be, of course, more talk about the best we've seen in, in however long. There'll be a lot of talk about whether or not he will be sent, will be kept over hurdles next season or might be sent over, over fences. Where would you sit in both discussions? Where would you like to see Constitution Hill go next in order to, to prove himself as a great? Well, a lot of people that have churned out always oh, the best horse I've ever seen. Um, they're kind of like, you haven't really got that many facts to back that up yet mm. because he's yet to win a champion hurdle. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Carried away, yeah. Yeah. You, know, let, let, you know, we're all in, anointing him as the greatest horse we've ever yeah. seen and yet he hasn't won a champion hurdle. Let's yeah. go and see him win it yet and then then you can take a view. So I think that's a bit premature. Um, as a time figure man, um, the fact is he's, he's the best novice we've ever seen because the number that he did in last year was the best one that we've ever had mm. over the 15 years we've been doing times. His number in last year's champion hurdle was such a rare bird, we had to go back and actually look at all the other horses that have run that time figure. I think we, we, we awarded him in 83. And I think there's only been one or two horses that are absolute peak, like Alaho, 
a, a gold cup somewhere down the line, like a quarto star. Mm. That kind of level you're dealing with, and he did that on his third run over hurdles. Mm. The fact that then if you put that race, the Supreme novices in line with the last year's champion hurdle and ran them from start to finish, he would have beaten Honeysuckle 20-25 lengths. I know that's a bit of a spurious view to take because if Honeysuckle would have run in the Supreme, she would have obviously yeah, yeah, done yeah. a bit better than Vauban, um, uh, John Bond, mm. just because she's an older horse and, and would have been able to go the gallop. But just like for like on the day, that's, that's what the, the two races told you. So you knew straight away that he was a better horse than Honeysuckle. Honeysuckle's obviously gone on to prove that she's not that good this season. So you're left with State Man, who, you know, he's been unlucky. He's a bit like Richard Johnson, isn't he? He's going to be yeah, like... He'd win a champion hurdle with most years. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. He, yeah. He, you know, he's a top-class top horse. Yeah. I mean, I've come on lots of times. <laughs> Statement's been over Ireland and thought, God, he's a great bet here with 11 to 10 to beat Honeysuckle. He, it's, like, it's almost like putting your hand in the till because he, he just looks like he is... The, the you know the best we've seen in Ireland for many many years, um, but unfortunately he's got to run against Constitution Hill. I, I, he's got to eyeball Constitution at some stage. Mm. They're not going to be sort of like you know quickening up round the home. I think. He, Do you think he'll try and make all? Well, they've they've all got an extra string to the bow. Mm. You know we don't know how it's going to be run. Constitution Hill can make the running. Yeah. Statement by hook or by crook has been making the yeah. running, just because he doesn't want him to get into a tactical jousting on anything else. Yeah. I think in Ireland. I think not so sleepy. He's declared. Yeah, he could be the sacrificial, yeah, 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 the yeah, sacrificial yeah. lamb. Because yeah. I think he'll go off in front, and both Paul Townend and Nicola Bonville could then relax and go, okay, I yeah. could ride a race here. I've got to worry about what the state man's doing. I've got to worry about getting the fractions right from the yeah. front. So that takes away that pressure. Um, but if he doesn't run, what he's going to make the run? One, one of them will probably have to bite the bullet. Mm. So from that point of view, if if that is the case, and we don't know the full field yet. Then I'd be prepared to back. I like to move it in, in the without and favourite market. I've already backed him. Actually, he's one of my biggest winners of the week at the uh, prevailing odds. Not all firms have done this market yet, so apologies for um, putting a tip out there that's very, very thin on the ground. Yeah. Um, but the way I see, I like to move it running. Um, I'd be hopeful that Sam Dixon Davis doesn't get a rush of blood to the head and takes either one or two of them on. He likes to race prominently, I like to move it, like he did last time. He didn't make the running yeah. behind Napa's Hill. He was quite happy to stick in, in his slipstream. Picked it up. And picked yeah. it up. Yeah. That's the way to ride him. Small field, drop him in second or third, allow him to come through. I mean, that time figure in the, in the um, King World was absolutely off the charts. Mm. Second fastest beyond Constitution Hill on our numbers over the last two seasons. Quicker than anything that Constitution Hill and Statement have done this season. You know, first street was 20 lengths behind. He's a quality horse, 160 rated horse, and he literally like he was running up to state man. Yeah, it? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. it's collaterally he's right up there with these two. Um, plus the fact he's three for three at Cheltenham on the uh, inside track, the old course didn't stay two and a half on soft, did he? No. In the in the rail queue. You yeah. know, he's won a great yeah. wood. Um, he's 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 a class horse, mm. and, and his numbers stack up with, you know, the the. the the, the very best here. I think he'll beat Vauban if he's ridden correctly. Again, that comes with a, a caveat and asterisk. Um, but yeah, I, I think he'll, he should be in the first three if they ride him right. And there's a good chance if, you know, the heart gets broken, the state man at some stage, he might just yeah. run on and finish second. So either back him each way or preferably without the favourite. Well, Unibet have a without Constitution Hill market and cool. you can bet each way in it as well. And I, I like Excellent. To, I like to move it's four to one, a fifth of three. 
That's got to be a is that the new rubber stamp only, banker? It's only going to be six runners <laughs> of 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 the of the main. Get, get, if you're an each way multiple player, <laughs> and I'm going to talk about one or two other horses put in that kind of each way multiple, like Elat yeah. Tom. Yeah, we can talk about a few later on in the week, but that has got to be you work your bet around. I like to move it in that market four to one each way. You're basically looking at even if he finishes fourth, it's mm. you know. Well, he's going to have to beat... All, virtually all your money back. He's going to have to beat Zanna here and not so sleepy. Isn't yeah, and like I say, unless Sam Twiston Davis does something absolutely outrageously stupid yeah. on pure ability alone and the numbers that we've got him doing, it's no brain. He's got, he's got to be bang there. There you go. That's the better of the race. That's Dan, the better of the race. Follow it up. Nothing really to add. Yeah, I like to move it. Oh, I hope he runs well because um, Jim Coco in the county, we think we both exactly, have yeah. chances of. So, Very well uh, handicapped. And Jim Coco hasn't been seen since that great would. Yeah, I think you could crab the performance in the King. Well, deeply impressive. Um, Hopefully, Constitution Hill and State Man turn in eyeballing, and then Nico says, "Come on, then," and then off he goes. So, off, so nice. often it doesn't materialise. It doesn't, does it? but that yeah, would be yeah, nice. Just happens. to see, yeah. you know, yeah. um, because yeah. social media would explode if that sort of thing happened. But it would be good to, yeah. I'd probably we go. Saw, Constitution. We, we, saw, we saw Constitution let Appetant eyeball him for a second before, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> so. Uh, so I'd probably, I'd go the one, two, three Constitution Hill State Man. I like to move it, but that bet sounds good to me as well. Just and indulge me for a second, because I'm fascinated about what, what the future holds for Constitution Hill. If if he does go and win this and wins it well, each of you, where what race do you see him turning up for next season, next year's festival? Michael Buckley thinks he's a Gold Cup horse. Mm. So I suppose you you know but some then, people but, but would I want him to obviously go Arkle route yeah. first. I, um, I wouldn't rule out him going the Coningree route. I mean, yeah. He won a Gold Cup on his fourth chase start. Yeah, I, I, I think. Um, so, sorry, sorry, but I was just there off the top of my head. Yeah, I think Nick, I think Nicky Henderson in particular more than any other trainer. Looking at back through the history of like his supreme winners, mm. he doesn't normally actually go into the champion hurdle division next year, like Altior and um, yeah. you know, your Sprinter Sacras yeah. well. They've gone straight over fences. Um, so you'd, you'd like to think ordinarily that you'd defend your crown for one more year and then, then go on, but I think they do see him as a chaser and he could do even better over that. So they'll go probably Arkle next season, that route, to mm. give him the experience. I don't think they'll go straight up to three miles. Uh, and then working through the the the, 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 the um, distance spectrums the year after. Exciting stuff, superb. Um, let's go on now to the mares. Three more races to cover on day one. Honeysuckle back in the mares now um, after a couple of disappointing. Well, yeah, over in Ireland, um, not trying to defend her champion hurdle crown, but can defend a previous mares hurdle uh, at nine to four. Uh, Epiton is one hundred to thirty. Marie's Rock just shortened Epiton at three to one. Brandy Love six to one. Echoes and Rain uh, seven to one. And it's Brandy Love we're going to start with at six to one. Ed, your best bet of day one. Indeed, yeah, I think she's the definitely the, the well. I think she's the, the best bet, but at the prices as well, I, I have a significantly shortened six to one. I thought it was a massive overreaction to a comeback run at Punchestown a few weeks ago. Where um, so I'm no paddock judge, but I'm told she was carrying more condition than me after a night in the kebab shop. I mean, she was absolutely bold accounts, just been pulled out of the field. Now Willie Mullins made a habit of winning this race by going straight there with Vega. Going there with a fresh horse was not a problem, but he kept harping on saying, we must get a run into her, we must get a run into her. And uh, for 90% of that comeback run against Queensbrook, where she was conceding nine pounds to Queensbrook, who was runner up in this race last year, don't yeah. forget. She looked like Brandy Love. She looked like the mayor who absolutely thumped Love Envoy nine lengths at Fairy House last year. She traded sixes on in running. And then, um, just to my honour, I just thought the, the old petrol light came on. She got tired. She just looked like a mare who was two or three gallops short. And as Willie Mullins said, would definitely need the run. I mean, she, she opened up odds on for that race. It was a huge drifter on the morning. All the vibes were there. She needed it. And I think she'll strip a ton fitter for that. And I'm just against those ahead of her. 
Honeysuckle clearly not getting any better. She'll run a race, but I think Old Father Time may be starting to get her. Epiton, I'm not totally convinced, will stay. Especially if we get a bit of rain. I, everyone keeps harping on about she proved her stamina at Aintree, but that was on ground like the tarmac at Heathrow Airport. If we got a soft ground two and a half miles with a big hill at the end of it, I'm not a million and one percent sure for a, a filly with such a good turn of foot, uh, a, a, you know, toughing out over two and a half round chart and be what's needed. Sounds like Marie's rocks off to the stayers, the defending champion, um, which then brings you to Brandy Love. And I just think that run will bring her on, that Love Envoy form from last year is scintillating. Well, when you can, you know, there's what, half a point in them in the market at the moment, more or less. Yeah. Um, obviously, if the ground turned absolutely bottomless, <laughs> that would bring Love Envoy right into it. But Brandy Love for me, a left-handed track as well, has got to really suit. She goes noticeably left-handed, a lot of her obstacles. I just think she's ticking all the right boxes. Uh, Punch that wouldn't have been a track either, quite a tight right-handed track. And I just think everything was wrong for her there. And she showed for 90% of that race, she was a class act. She gets the £9 pool with Queensbrook. I think that'd be enough to see her off. I think she's banging the mix. Each way, 6-1, to one, I, I cannot knock her out of the frame. I, I'd be mortified if they all put in clear rounds and she can't come in the top three, personally. Uh, I think she's um, rock-solid, Brandy Love, and uh, trained by a genius. Uh, I see Ruby Walsh saying Paul Townend's got a difficult decision to make between that and uh, Echoes in Rain. I find that hard to believe, personally. Um, I think Brandy Love's got the much more upside. I mean, there's lots of... Phillies mares in here who have been great, but are probably no longer at that level or at least uh, starting to, you know, come down the escalator, if mm. you like. Whereas with Brandy Love, she's still got the opportunity to be great. And I've seen enough signs so far that the, uh, all the tools are there for a big run. So, yeah, it's just at prices. I say she was 7-2 to two before that comeback run, drifted out massively over, you know, tripled in price after that comeback run. I just thought it was absurd. And I still think 6-1 to one, uh, there or thereabouts, uh, massive play. Six to one, Brandy Love uh, with Unibet is uh, Ed's best selection on day one. Uh, Danny, how do you see the mares going this year? I've got it between the Mullins duo. Um, <laughs> I'd be very keen to take on Epiton and Honeysuckle. Listen, they both come on. Plenty of respect. It'd be great to see Honeysuckle go out in a final Chapman Festival with a win. But do, do, do you think this is a, a, a higher quality race than the champion hurdles that Honeysuckle's won over the last couple of years? Hmm. Prob yeah. Probably. I don't think she was even at her best. Like, you know, She was yeah, probably yeah. £5 the horse she was the year before last yeah. year as well. Um, but I just think this year, listen, she's won well in defeat, but I, I just think she's got a work cut out here. Um, Brandy Love, I can see the case made by the particularly left-handed. I think that's going to be a huge help to Brandy Love. I was with the stable, mate. I'm happy Patrick Mullins can take a sit if he wants. I'm happy to have him on. <laughs> She's got to settle, hasn't she? She's that's a boxer. Her, she is a box of frogs. That's the concern. Um, but for me, I, this year I've just been. She wasn't out of contention when falling at the second last in the Hatton's Grace. She won easily last time out. As uh, Ed says, has to be ridden cold, and that's the only concern. Was fifth in the race last year, but she was inconvenienced by the fall of Tell Me Something Girl in that, who was travelling very strongly at the time, and Echoes and Rain was in behind. So listen, I think it's between those two. Still improving and gets the vote in quite an open event, but it wouldn't be a race. The other one is Love Envoi, but the ground is so important mm. to her chances. If, if they do get the 40 mil, Love Envoi comes right into it, but Harry Fry was at that gallops morning and I think they were massively concerned about the ground there. Maybe this weather forecast might be a bit more of a help, but I think the ground's huge for Love Envoi. Love Envoi, five to one, as it stands with Unibet. Um, Andy? Well, Nicky Henderson's splitting his two runners up here, but. He's putting his eggs in one basket here a little bit um, because he's only we, th we think he's only going to have Epiton in it. Um, um, 
Theatre Glory as well. Theatre Glory, yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm dealing with the the, the main two players really. We're not certain or guaranteed that Maurice Rock will definitely stay the stay as hurdle. So he's taken a bit of a punt Mm. there, and he's taken a bit of a punt not running last year's champion in this. So he could end up in a situation where if he runs a two in this, he'd, he'd definitely have the, got a good chance of definitely having the winner and not having any winners at all. Yeah. So he's taken a huge gamble, not running the champion. So, you know, he must like the chances of Epiton. The only problem with her, she's nine. And by and large, I want to be on younger horses. I mean, I think Corvega was the last horse that won it when she was nine. Um, so I'd probably be very much in, in, in the camp of that, that Ed's gone down with, with Brandy Love. Um, yeah, I still can't get out. My... Into the each way multi? Yeah, potentially. Yeah, particularly as we, we, we're looking at perhaps um, Mary's Rock going elsewhere. I think she'd probably be kept in, and then I'll make a, take a, you know, take a view next week. Maybe I don't know. Um, but yeah, when she beat Love and Voy, and you know the best novices that were around last season, she was devastating, wasn't she? Mm. Uh, they went a good gallop that day. They got strung out. I think it was called Night and Day was ninety odd lengths behind, and that's bolted up since <laughs> the season in a Clonmel um, novices hurdle. That's how good it was. Uh, those Irish markets as well, when there's like two or three can win it, the, the, it was alarming that Brandy Love went from one to two overnight to six to four yeah. on the off. That doesn't often happen. And all the money was for Queensbrook and the way the race panned out suited Queensbrook. It was on the inside track that day. Uh, Pontystown, which is a horrible track. And even, even more played into the, into the hands of the winner and against Brandy Love because turning sharp right-handed is not something that she no. likes doing because she hangs to the left. She made a bad mistake at the last. Beating four lengths, giving nine pounds. It's not bad. It's form, not a, it? no. It wasn't a bad run. Um, either way, strip it down. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry about the sort of weight differential. I'd be more worried about fitness than yeah. anything else. Yeah, you can't really put a, a number on the fitness, can no. you? No. Um, so with that in mind, I do think Brandy loves a, a good each way. But I, I, we've reviewed this race several times on mm. previews that we've done through the winter, and we've we touched upon the mares. And I, I've always said that Brandy Love will be the bet. Close to uh, getting close to the day, and no real reason to change my mind. Um, I think Queen's Book will run nicely. She did in the race last year. I think she'll be there, there about to the game. If you're looking for each way alternative, she'll run okay. But yeah, I'd be against Honeysuckle. I think this is a deep field. You know, Love Envoy, Brandy, Love Echoes in Rain, Queen's Book, she wears it well. I mean, it's a really good heat, this. Yeah. Um, certainly tougher than Honeysuckle's last year's champion early against like Zanny here, Glory and Fortune, and Not So Sleepy, and mm. Tiupa, and all those horses. Um, this is deep. Yeah. This is a really strong yeah. Well, Queensbrook is nine to one as it stands at the moment, um, but yeah, Brandy loves six to one. And uh, just at the time of recording as well, because we're doing this on Wednesday morning, um, both Epiton and Theatre Glory have been supplemented for the mares as well as expected. She's very much ground dependent, though, is she? Mm. Theatre Glory. She, I think she, so. Yeah. She's a good ground. I mean, it was on the rails at Warwick the day she won, and um, I thought she was an awful jumper. Personally, mm. she clearly got a massive engine. Uh, that would be the big worry for me. Poached her own lead there, really, uh, bossing mm. inferior rivals and got away with error after error. Mm. Um, it's a huge step up. But look, you, you know, to, to take your chance, she's clearly got a massive engine, but uh, those kind of mistakes at this level, um, they're going to be more than costly. I, I just wonder if it's uh, a bridge too far too soon for her. That would just be my view. But do respect the fact mm-hmm. she's trained by uh, uh, someone who's had uh, 72 Charter Festival uh, winners more than myself. And uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, they're, they're stumping up the cash to supplement her. But uh, and Nico went there to, to ride her as well, uh, spe- specifically for that, to give mm. feedback. And yeah, she's uh, she's got some engine, all right, but just a jumping would worry me. On to the Boodles now. Uh, and uh, Takeo is the four to one favorite for this one. Uh, Biker, five to one. Nasrit 
and Risk Bell, both seven to one, Sir Allen eight to one, Perseus Way nine to one. Bad, one of the big gambles over the last week or so, um, is ten to one, twelve to one. Bart Dose, Andy, how do you see the Boodles? Um, yeah, I do like the juvenile category. It's been a, um, a division that um, the, the time figures have usually stood the test in the last sort of decade, particularly from the triumph hurdle perspective. So you get a good idea of how these horses. Um, shape up before they come here. Now, obviously, there's a lot of dark horses and no quantities where they don't get a chance to run at championship level. So at the same time, you know, you've got to be wary of that. Um, Takeo hasn't run a number yet that I'd be madly keen on getting with him at four to one. Yeah, He's just looked a little bit of a weak finisher as well. I know it was in grade one company last time out. So again, it's sometimes difficult to know what the inner workings are as well, whether... He wasn't quite fully wound up to win that race at, at, at the DRF, um, but he, he did weaken quite badly on his on his hurdling debut. And the race that he won was an absolute joke. It was the slowest time of the four-day mm. uh, Irish festival over the Christmas period, so you can't judge him on that either. I just think four to one's a really skinny price because I think that, okay, this is a strong race and there's so many unknown quantities in it. Um, he certainly showed his hand more than others have. That's what I'm getting at. Um, I think Biker's got to be a big player in this. Now, he's a real different model to Takeo. If you look at Takeo, nicely built, but he's certainly not as strong and as physically imposing as mm. Biker. Um, I thought he was very much ridden with a view to the Boodles last time out. I'm trying to put it diplomatically. Um, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't think that um, uh, Philip Boom was probably... Uh, it was, it was, winning was the be-all and end-all at uh, Nace. And that Nace novice hurdle that he was mm. second to Sir Allen in has thrown up three of the last four winners. Yeah. Mm. Last year's winner... Um, Remember, forget its name now. Is it begins with a C, not Cougar? Um, um, but Brazil won it B last year. Brazil, yeah. sorry, it didn't begin with a C. Yeah, yeah. Began with the, the letter before. Close. So yeah, Brazil won it last year. Aramax, Aramax won it, sorry, and yeah. uh, Band of Outlaws. Yeah, three of the last four winners have won that race at Nice. Sir Alan won it this year. Biker was second, uh, third, and I thought he was the one to take out the race. So Biker would be very much on my shortlist. Uh, and the other ones is. Um, this French horse that Ben Paulin's got bad uh, has been a significant gamble in, in the last few mm. days. Um, I've, I've sort of known about the, the plan for this horse for quite a while. Um, Thank you for telling me. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 to be honest, you know, I, I thought it was going to go rather under the radar, but I'm now forced to talk about it a little bit more than I probably would have done because mm. of the money for it yeah. and, and put some context to it. Um, for the for those that don't know, he's had three runs over in France. Got rated 125 by the UK um, handicapper. The French handicapper reckons he's a 138 horse. He looks a 138 horse or more, based on what I saw of him in that race. Um, he came from last to first. The other races on the hurdle track that day, everything won off the front. So he ran against the track bias. He jumped well in amongst horses as well. I showed Ed the, the video early on. I mean, there was horses you know, all around him and he, 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 he knew what he was I'd doing. See the stars in the arc, wouldn't it? I think <laughs> it was amazing, yeah. <laughs> he's got a real good courage and speed. Um, he's got a touch of class. And Ben's had a, an idea of what it might take to win this race all year with Samuel Spade and Active Duty. Mm. Active Duty ran in the comfort zone race at Charlton to give him an idea how he stood with there. Um, Samuel Spade gives him an idea in the Chatteris Fen against horses like Perseus Way, who ties in some of the best UK horses like Comfort Zone. So I think Ben Pullen's actually kind of like gone out of his way to try and win this race this year. And yeah. the fact that he hasn't run bad at all and has obviously kept his 
Um, cards close to his chest, I think it's very significant. He also had bad in the grade two that Comfort Zone won on trials day yeah. and didn't run it. Mm. So the fact that he thought he was at least that class at that moment in time, and I think he's still in the triumph, tells you all you need to know. Um, like I said, I don't know how he's been working compared to other horses I and mean, all that jazz, um, but he, he, he has been targeted for this race. So I've had to back him as well. So yeah, I've, I've had two bets for the, for the Boodles, Biker and Bad. And I, I think I think the execs have actually missed the trick, haven't they? There should be a, uh, a singling out of um, the, the theme tune when the horses come in the walkway. I mean, you got like the gladiator music. <laughs> yeah. they go, they should, if you've got I Like to Move, it wins a champion early. They should yeah. be allowed that. And if bad wins, yeah, where's the Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. When everyone can sing it if they've won it. Uh, Biker Grow theme tune for Biker exactly, as well. Exactly, yeah. So that, that, there you go. There's... It's just your Spotify playlist. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, a pretty... Um, some context around the gamble for bad and probably still a bit of juice in the price at that 10 to 1, uh, given what Andy said. Um, Ed, how do you see the, the boodles? Yeah, I mean, I haven't brought my, my Ben Pauling t-shirt uh, today. <laughs> with the, uh, you but don't, yeah, you don't Your need... darling one. Your yeah. darling one, yeah. Hashtag your darling, yeah. Um, yeah, actually, I think your bad's a fascinating individual. And I do think uh, the other horse that's likely to line up, uh, Samuel Spade as well, done very little wrong. The former trying to give weight to push his way in the Chatteris Fen has worked out very well, hasn't it, considering... Uh, that horse chased home Nuzret in the um, in the Adonis. Sounds like the vibes are Nuzret's going to wait for entry. Uh, they want some better ground and, and a flat trap for that one. Um, that aforementioned Nace race, though, is, is the one I've backed anti posting here. Uh, horse that actually finished fifth in that race. Uh, Metamorphous for Paul Nolan. Um, ridden sympathetically would be the way I, I would phrase that um, with other targets in mind. Look, one, two, five, um, the British mark. This horse has got, it's going to sneak in here right down the bottom, uh, it looks like. And um, I was really impressed with his penultimate performance when with Timothy Doyle. Went to Paul Nolan, I said, I think was um, was ridden with other days in mind. As um, you look at all the horses above him, naturally punished uh, punished by the BHA as a consequence. Paul Nolan, a bit of a shrewdy, <coughs> decent record with his horses uh, at the Cheltenham Festival. Been on the winners, been in the winners enclosure more than one occasion. And uh, yeah, metamorphous for me each way, be at the bottom of the weights there. But I do, I'm yeah, intrigued by this uh, this French recruit and uh, who's uh, this bad who, as you say, is um, Tony Mullins gave him a big, big heave ho on a, on a preview night the other day. And uh, of course, everyone um, starts scrapping around looking for their uh, trying to get their French replays up. But uh, I mean, it was a taking performance in the isolation, yeah, that one performance. And um, yeah, interesting, really. You don't normally associate Ben Pauling uh, with the juvenile kind of hurdle sphere, no. and it could be two of his best chances the week in this, as we said. But metamorphosis for me each way, and um, be cheering on Ben's horses. Got a feeling Ben has uh, plans in the future that probably aren't handicap hurdles for, for bad, if, <laughs> um, yeah, his, uh, his users to be believed. Metamorphosis 16 to 1 uh, with Unibet as it stands at the moment. Uh, Danny, what have you got for us in the Boodles? He's an interesting shout because uh, Paul had HMS Seahorse, who I thought was unlucky last year. In yeah. He was fourth in it. He, so, goes, um, he goes for one of the handicaps yeah, later the on. Yeah, I think he does. Yeah. Um, biker for me, Charles Burns. I think he's got four or five runners and at the festival and four of them are short prices. Well, at least three of them are favourites. Uh, yeah, I think, as Andy's already said, really the run last time out caught the eye in defeat. Sir Allen won that, who also reopposes here. But he did make up a stack of ground in the closing stages. Flat recruit, sure to have been primed for the race. From the British perspective, Perseus Way, I think he should have won at Kempton. His jumping just let him down. I think Jamie Moore said after that a horse fell in front of him and he was probably in front too soon. Um, so he would have been the British pick you know, before I entered this building this, this morning and Andy said about bad. So 
that bad's got to be one who's of interest now, but I still think Biker looks well handicapped for the Burns. Biker, five to one. I mean, the thing is, all of these horses are pretty well handicapped. That's why they're turning up here. So. The only thing is, uh, Willie Mullins, is, he's not from 17 in the Boodles. About time um, one, isn't it? McTig <laughs> if McTig doesn't run, which is looking likely after disappointing at yeah. Kelso, he'll have to carry top weight. So I know Gallic Warrior did last year, but that'll be interesting to Cal. So that would put me off him. Interesting. Uh, on to the final race on the card on Tuesday, uh, the National Hunt Chase, where Galliard de Mesnil is the 11 to 10 favourite ahead of Ramirez at 4 to 1. Uh, Marla Mission, 11 to 2. Chemical Energy, 13 to 2. Uh, Churchstone Warrior is actually 6 to 1. Um, Mr. Coffee, 9 to 1. Uh, alongside Manella Cruder and City Chief. And sticking with you, Danny, because I know that you are keen to take on the Fav here. Yeah, you know, Statler, Galvin, Tiger Roll, Manella Rocco have all been past winners of this. And Galliard de Menil, I think he's been pinpointed for this race for a very long time. Um, but he has got a chase record of one from eight, albeit that win did come in grade one company. And he was third in the Irish Grand National. But I think he's the most reliable of customers. I wouldn't fancy him in a battle. And um, I'm, I think he's worth taking on here. He's not one I'm crazy about at the prices. There was a one on the on the first day at the short prices I want to take on. Do you think a grade one winner should be allowed in an amateur race? I would probably say not. I mean, it's really? interesting. Listen to Richard Hoyles, he was debating maybe they should bring in a penalty structure. Do you like this race at all? I do, but I do. But when it was what it was, if that makes sense. But now yeah. with the plethora of the Mullins horses, is you know, you're almost you're shipping off you know, horses into amateur races who've won grey ones. To me, I don't know, it almost defeats the whole object of the what the race was designed for. But anyway, carry on. I'd like to see him yeah. running the brand advisory, to be honest. Well, he'd really be entitled to. He just went he? for it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think there's just enough concerns about him. He probably is better on soft ground as well, but if he gets that. It would aid his chances, but I just thought he was one worth taking on on the first day. The problem is the ground, I think you mentioned at the top of the show, mm. I mean, myself and Ed both like chemical energy. Yeah. Um, he was impressive in October, and I think the plan was to go straight here, but then I don't know whether they felt, felt like he needed a run, and that came on soft ground at Nace when he was well beaten by the Devil's Coachman. He's not a soft ground lover, though, so if it did continue to rain, they got as much rain as they could, that would be the massive concern with him, but if it did remain good to soft... Uh, I'd probably be all over mm. him. If not, Marla Mission, who was miles behind Kevin. 61 lengths. Yeah. <clears throat> He's probably better on soft ground, so maybe mm. those two. At the prices, those two, but I'm keen to take on um, Galliard de Menil. Manella Crooner, there was a jockey booking, I think. Barry O'Neill's just been booked for that. Ah. So uh, Jamie Codd is likely to be on Chemical Energy, yeah. I've just read. So let's see. <clears throat> chemical Energy, 13 to 2. Uh, Marla Mission, 11 to 2. And yeah, Manella Crooner, uh, currently 9 to 1. Um, Ed? Yeah, I'm an um, anti-post fan of Chemical Energy. I'm just, say, praying the we get the lower end of the weather forecast. I mean, it's mad now. If you, <coughs> It beat Marlon Mission 61 lengths. I mean, Marlon Mission was drunk crossing the winning line that day in October. I mean, it, I mean, it was an emphatic performance from Chemical Energy. If you said they'd be going off the same price four months later uh, yeah. to win at Channel Festival, I thought you'd need your head testing. But obviously, paths have differed since Marlon Mission's form has been um, good. Mm. Uh, chemical Energy, look. He ran like a horse who'd, uh, who needed the run, to put it quite frankly, last time out. He went, and you actually watched the race back. He he, he jumps and he didn't jump that well, but he travelled well to a point. Uh, actually, I actually think he traded favourite in running, uh, coming into the home straight, and then went out like a light. Um, you know, Gordon Layett says so he's won this with Galvin. He's won it a couple of times, isn't he? His first ever Charlton Festival winner, uh, was it Sh uh, Chicago? whatever his name was. Anyway, he's got a good record in this race, Gordon Elliott. He knows what it takes. And Chemical Energy, there's more good than anything in this. I really think he's going to serve it up to Galliard de Manil, who I think is a, a soft grade one winner. Uh, you know, one a record of one from eight. 
and you actually look at the raw form of that racy one in the grey one, you wouldn't say it was electrifying grey mm. one form per se, it was grey one in name only. Chemical energy, it sounds like Jamie Codd's going to ride. I don't think it's hyperbole to say probably the best jockey in the world of his ilk. Uh, I wouldn't want to swap him for any other jockey in, in this field, put it that way. Um, I'm just praying the reins stay away. He's, he's in all my anti-post multis along with Brandy Love. Uh, Brandy Love gets the job done. The sun's come out, the Gloucesterdale soul. I'm there getting sunburnt. I'm sweating up like John Bond. And Jamie Cobb's going to the post on the chemical energy. Then, um, yeah, I'll be uh, sharing a, a diet lemonade with, uh, with Andy and Danny after. But um, look, yeah, chemical energy for me with the asterisk ground as quick as possible. Getting some chemical energy of your own after that, those lemonades. Uh, seven to one. Uh, sorry, no, 13 to two chemical energy is uh, there. Um, and uh, Andy, finally, uh, on our day one preview, take us away for the, for the final race. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have anything to say negatively about Galliard de Maison. I've, I've always been a big fan of him. I'm not going to sort of all of a sudden um, say nasty things about him now. Um, Loyal friend. Yeah. I, I, is he a better even money? No, that's it. It's all about price, isn't yeah. it? You know, at the same time, would I back him in even money? Probably not. But I think if you put him in some short price multiples, like a lot of a lot of people will over the week, um, he, he's, he's, he's more likely to not to win. Um, just because he's... You know, his he's form is the best, isn't it, going into it, as far as I could see. You know, he's a genuine grade one horse. He's running numerous grade ones. OK, he hasn't won a lot of them, but goodness me, I mean, you know, most have been over inadequate trips, haven't they, in all fairness? You know, he's, they've been running him over two and a half miles. I don't think he's had that many chances to run over three. Perfectly good run beyond Long Press last year in a good, in a good renewal of the RSA. Cracking run in the Irish... National, when he stayed 3-5, you need to be a really good horse, A, to stay that trip, but B, as a novice, to do what he did was a phenomenal effort. Nothing um, wrong with his profile this year, you know, he, he finds plenty for pressure. Jumps soundly as well, he's a very, very accurate jumper. He was the only horse to go with Mighty Potter mm. in that Drinmore. Yeah. You look at the horses mm. that would be on in that yeah. day. They've, you know, horses have come out one since, you know, your Banbridges, your... Um, what's that thing in Olmeads, which one next time out? Oh, runs in J.P. McManus's colours. I can never remember. Uh, Love the Devil's Coach. The yeah, Devil's Coach. Soft Ground, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's a proper grade. Yeah. I mean, can any of these run? <laughs> I mean, they'd be lapped this lot, wouldn't they? So I think he probably deserves a bit more respect than he's getting, but he is, it is all about price. And if you're looking for an HR alternative, I'd, I'd be with Marla Mission. I just think he's really solid. Um, Why do you think you turn around 61? Ground. Chemical? Oh, ground. Right, Absolute, okay, yeah. complete ground right. dependent. Um, and I think if there is enough rain, then Marla Mission will... Yeah, totally appreciate it yep. Um, yep. more than chemical energy I think he's, he's very much a good ground horse he should have won last time at that 10 up but he had that race in his palm of his hand all the way through it and then he kind of let Churchstone worry up his inside and he, he, he couldn't quite get him back on the running but I just left that race thinking that Marlon Mission was the better horse of the two and I think the way that he'll be ridden here aggressively ridden from the front um, it could be quite difficult to catch when he's in a good rhythm and I think the only one I'll catch him is Galliard de Mesnil because I think he'll really serve it. He doesn't make this a brutal test. I think they'd be mindful of going a bit harder than they did last time out at Navan. Because it, it, it was a race that they should have won. Um, they are rather eased off when they're in front rather than putting the foot down and really testing Church down. Right? They let him get back into the race and he, he, he dive-bombed him at the last. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's the way I'd, I'd go. I'd be Galliard de Mesnil will probably win and Marlon Mission is one for all your each five multiples. Marlon Mission 11 to 2 uh, there and uh, Galliard de Mesnil, as we say, 11 to 10 favourites. Uh, that is our day one preview tied up. Thank you very much to the guys for sharing their tips and insight. And thank you to Unibet as well 
for sponsoring the show. Make sure you do check out the Unibet preview tonight, 7.30, Wednesday the 8th of March, live on their YouTube channel, on the Unibet Racing Twitter, the Unibet Racing Facebook page as well. Free to air. Andy will be there. Jane Mangan will be there. Nico de Boinville and Nikki Henderson there too. And do sign up to Unibet with the sign-up offer in the description below. Deposit £10 and get money back up to £40 if your first racing bet loses, plus a £10 casino bonus as well. Terms and conditions do apply. And you can find that link, as I say, in the description below. Thanks to the guys. Uh, we're going to record day two, day three, and day four now. So do subscribe to the Odds Checker YouTube channel. You can find all those previews there. Best of luck. Hopefully a couple of winners in there as well. And please do ensure that you're gambling responsibly.